Prison Radio Show, a part of CKUT's Off the Hour. Prison Radio has been on the air for more than 10 years. Prison Radio seeks to confront the invisibility of prisons and prisoner struggle by focusing on the roots of incarceration, policing, and criminalization, and by challenging our ideas about what are prisons and the people inside our jails. Prison Radio is dedicated to programming that is directly collaborative with people who are currently incarcerated. This is in the interest of forging stronger ties with incarcerated and non-incarcerated people, ensuring that prisoners have direct control over their representation and that our understanding of prisons be informed by those who live inside their walls. We invite anyone who is interested in collaborating on programming to contact us. Those who have been affected by the prison system in any way are encouraged to get involved. You can email news at ckut.ca or prison at ckut.ca or you can call us at 514-448-4041 extension 6788. You're listening to CKUT Montreal Community Campus Radio located on 90.3 FM on the dial and www.cqt.ca online. Welcome to the Prison Radio Show here on CKUT 90.3 FM. My name is Gene. My name is Noah. And we're your hosts for today's show. 
Today we'll be airing a short piece about homeliness, homelessness and prison. We'll also be hearing news commentary from Muti Ajamu Asaga Boro, a prisoner in Pennsylvania. Finally, we'll be sharing audio recorded in 2011 by Les Filles Electric featuring women from inside Tangway and Joliet prisons. Up next is a piece from Jean about homelessness and prison. Hello, everyone. This is Jean, coordinator for the Prison Radio Show. This is the Homeless Marathon Week, and we at Prison Radio Show were asked to contribute our perspective on poverty and homelessness issues facing prisoners. So I did a little opinion piece here, and it's called How Correctional Service Canada Intentionally Makes Prisoners State-Dependent. Now, federal prisons and provincial prisons share many similarities when it comes to making prisoners state-dependent and more susceptible to homelessness. However, due to their longer periods of incarceration and the greater impact that prison has on them both physically and psychologically, federal prisoners face greater challenges. The majority of people end up in the federal prison system, men and women alike, do so for a myriad of reasons. It could be drug addiction, mental health problems, family issues, inability to work, just to name a few causes. They arrive in prison with problems that need to be addressed in a realistic, professional manner so that when they leave prison, they will be equipped with the tools needed to become productive members of society. Unfortunately, rehabilitation is not what happens. That worn-out word has been peddled by governments for years. But it took a decade of the disastrous Harper government to expose this lie more than all the previous failures. There was a time, pre-Harper, when the federal penitentiary system did have programs that were somewhat rehabilitative. Though they were poorly administered and funded, they were probably the best this country has ever offered to prisoners who wanted to deal with personal issues, learn a trade, and give themselves a chance to succeed once out of prison. For example, just like the public education system, a grade 12 education was once viewed as the minimum amount of education that a prisoner needed. Furthermore, some prisons offered university courses taught by professors who came into the prisons. There were also many courses available through correspondence. As everyone knows, education is crucially important if you want a working career now more than ever. For most jobs, you need a college or university degree, or degrees. And if you have only a grade 12 degree, you better have graduated from a decent trade school for a job you can live on. So, by those facts, you would think that education would be a top priority for any government serious about rehabilitation in our prisons. It doesn't take a genius to see that the more educated prisoners are, the greater chances they have of getting a job and having a better quality of life. More education means less crime, safer streets, and reduces recidivism, and more money saved by the public taxpayer on welfare, job training, and the justice system. But of course, the opposite happened. Surprise, surprise, eh? In the early 1990s, the government decided that prisoners only needed a grade 10 education. Fewer prisoners going to school meant fewer teachers being paid and less spent on school, classrooms, and supplies. Then it really went downhill under the Harper government. They claimed that the taxpayers would save money. Now, when have you ever heard a politician speak the truth? The only thing governments do is spend taxpayers' money. The more, the better. Whatever savings Harper bragged about was a pittance which was then funneled into the extra billions used to build new prisons, hire more guards, and locking up greater numbers of people. Prisons returned to the stone age of education and rehabilitation, while in our society, 
continuing education became an absolute essential. And there are other necessary skills to live in our modern society that our prisoners are being totally denied. Did you know that the majority of long-term prisoners cannot even operate a cell phone or computer and have only heard of the internet through the news? Tell them to do online banking, send emails, text, search the internet for a doctor or a job, and you might as well tell them to suddenly speak a foreign language. Every year, our prison factories churn out more and more uneducated prisoners. They re-enter their communities at a greater risk for homelessness and recidivism. Even worse was the total destruction of what had been the main tool in giving a prisoner his or her best chance at getting out of prison and staying out. And that is a trade education. Before Harper, a prisoner could learn a variety of skills, such as welding, auto body repair, carpentry, masonry, food preparation, chef, butcher, machine shop operator, tractor and truck operator, farm worker, upholsterer, painter, mechanic, gardener, horticulturist, landscaper, building maintenance, electrician, plumber, janitor, tailor, operating and maintaining steam, gas, electrical furnaces. And this is not a complete list of trades that were once available. Gone. All gone. Most for good. The few remaining shops left use a skeleton group of prisoners for prison maintenance. That's it. Our government's only concern is to create a prison industrial complex running full steam. Like school education, the end of these trades was done under the lie of saving taxpayer money. And the public lapped it up. I mean, after all, why spend millions on shop equipment, materials, and structures to teach those damn prisoners anything? They are there to be punished, not coddled. For 10 years, the Harper government force-fed this right-wing slop to the national media. And in their zeal, they completely decimated the prison education and trade school system that had been in place for decades. So, money and far-right ideology destroyed prisoner rehabilitation, irresponsibly endangered the public safety, and saddled future governments with billions in extra social services costs for years to come. For years to come. That's happened, and that's, that's not going to change. And that's the sick unfortunate reality. For 10 years before the Harper government, the crime rate in this country had gone down every consecutive year. If you doubt me, look it up. But Harper made it sound like the country was inundated with criminals. Under his so-called war on crime, police state laws were rammed through with the sole intention to criminalize even more people. Of course, that meant more courtrooms, more trials, more judges were needed, crown attorneys, and of course, the lawyers. Everybody knows how much that all costs. Now we got more people going to prison for longer sentences. More prisons are built, more guards are hired, and a more bloated prison administration sucks up even more public money. To cover up their runaway prison budget, they eradicated prison education and trades. And it didn't do nothing except endanger the public and cost them billions more. And now, when prisoners return to their communities after sitting in a cell for five, 10, 20 years, with little to no hope of exceeding, who pays the price? Will most go on welfare forever? Who pays for that? And if they're not too old or sick, who will pay to teach them a trade that they should have learned in prison and could have before? When those that can no longer function give up and turn to drugs or crime or become homeless, who pays for that? And when the majority of them return to prison, 
who pays for all involved in that. Now, I know that educating prisoners and teaching them a relevant trade does not ensure they will not return to prison. But if even 50% of prisoners who go back into their communities are able to get jobs and follow societal values, we will have saved hundreds of millions a year on the justice system and hundreds of millions on social expenditures like welfare and health care. With the problem of poverty and homelessness in this country, who in their right mind wouldn't want to ensure that prisoners are given an honest chance to successfully become members of society? Other than politicians like Harper, that is, who would rather base billions of dollars and endanger the public safety just to garner votes and feed hate to their partisan base. If society seriously wants to rehabilitate prisoners and give them a real chance to become successful members of their communities, then we have to restore education and trade schools in our prisons to the equivalent of what is presently given in our society. Remember this, over 90% of prisoners do return to their communities. Over 90%. They could be your neighbor. I mean, what kind of neighbor do you want to say hello to every day? Poverty, homelessness, and all the other social problems affect every single one of us. They will only be addressed when the majority of people in this country realize this and act. Now, nothing changes overnight, but all of us must act, starting with educating yourself and others around you, then making your voices heard in unison. Together, we can do it. You've got to believe that. Stay strong, people, and keep the faith. Israeli Apartheid Week 2019, March 18th to 25th, at campuses and community spaces across Montreal. Join us for a week of panels, workshops, film screenings, demonstrations, and cultural events to raise awareness around the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions campaign. Events to include workshops on Palestine 101, pinkwashing, and the Stop the JNF campaign, panels on land and gender justice in Turtle Island and Palestine, as well as Palestinian diaspora from one state violence to another, an open mic poetry night, and a film screening of Nyla and the Uprising. That's March 18th to March 25th at campuses and community spaces across Montreal. More information is available at iaw mtl at riseup.net. Israeli Apartheid Week 2019, a CKUT co-presentation. That was a piece from Jean about homelessness and prison. The time is 5.15 p.m. and you're listening to The Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM, 91.7 on cable, and www.ckut.ca. Up next is a news commentary from Muti Ajamu Asagboro. Muti was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole as a teenager in Pennsylvania. He has been calling into The Prison Radio Show for a couple years to record commentary mostly about the prison system in Pennsylvania. For context, between 2010 and 2016, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled it constitutional to sentence juveniles to mandatory life without parole sentences. However, they left it up to states to decide how to proceed regarding cases that had already been sentenced. Many people, the vast majority of them black teenagers, were sentenced to life without the possibility of parole as juveniles in the 90s during the wave of panic over the racialized image of the quote-unquote super predator. Of the more than 2,600 juvenile lifers serving time in 2016, only 400 have been freed as states proceed in a patchwork way of resentencing some, paroling some, and leaving some, like Muti, in limbo. In the piece we're about to share, Muti talks about some of the recent outrageous news from the Philadelphia court system, which has been rife with corruption for decades. 
three justices of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court have had to resign in the last few years over scandals, including corruption scandals. Last month, a fourth justice was tied to a federal investigation of his brother, a labor leader in Philly, who was recently charged with embezzling money from a Philadelphia labor union. News sources are claiming the justice received benefits from the embezzled money, including free construction done on his home. This isn't the only scandal to hit the Pennsylvania court system in recent years. Muti names others. We're excited to share his commentary here, even though Philadelphia is a bit far away because Montreal isn't immune to its own corruption scandals. And so perhaps we can see a bit of our own city in Muti's commentary. criminality within the Philadelphia court system. Former Pennsylvania Supreme Court Chief Judge Ron Castile was right when he told the Philadelphia District Court District to clean up the mess, that is the corruption. When the primary issue is not only the rights vindications of black and brown children, but specifically those of us who are actually innocent with the evidence to prove it, Philadelphia prosecutors, judges, and police seem to have a death grip for corrupt practices and extreme comfortability with picking out their hatred for children whose skin is rich and melanin. Thusly, black child lives don't matter. Unfortunately, the past 24 hours or months have brought us much law-breaking as countless examples of our court's corruption, specifically when dealing with children who are illegally sentenced to death by incarceration but still assert their actual innocence. Generally, prosecutors and judges are retaliating against us for exercising our basic fundamental constitutional rights. Thus, they are unlawfully refusing to follow the United States Supreme Court's new law under Montgomery and Louisiana and immediately resentence us, thereby making us eligible for immediate release at a minimum. Dealing particularly with my case, one of the laws broken by the prosecutors and judges is the appearance of impropriety. The legal concept of the appearance of impropriety is an extremely powerful rule designed to create integrity in the courts and a means to maintain it by checking all or any of its officers, i.e. prosecutors, judges, clerks, police, and so-called defense attorneys, if they violate its balance. Most officers at a court do not know the principles by which they function in terms of the appearance of impropriety is based on, it's called Mayat, and it's from African original culture. It is the linchpin of fairness in any court proceeding, in any court in the world. Unfortunately, the courts of the city of Brotherly Logan have violated the appearance of impropriety so often as as for it not to even exist. Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution, Rockview. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. The simplicity of the appearance of impropriety is beautiful. If we fail, the optic test don't do it. In other words, if it looks bad, then it's bad. And it's already been violated. The act or the refusal to act is bad, not because the prosecutor or whichever the court officer is involved has actually done something illegal, but rather by allowing him or her to be in that predicament not only creates the opportunity for illegal or unethical behavior, but it also creates an environment that would make it easy to cover up or hide it. The appearance of impropriety is so powerful that to violate it, the court officer could lose her or his license to practice law. Senate County District Attorney Stacey Parks Miller 
is currently without a license because she violated the appearance of impropriety also bleeds into committing and hiding other crimes by court officers like the conflict of interest or the fraud upon the court. Both of these crimes are independent and stand on their own and are grounds for relief in anyone who is waiting to be tried or has already been tried. However, these crimes together totally destroy every ounce of integrity or fairness in the court's truth-finding process from start to finish. This tragedy is compounded when it comes to light. Like in my case, the trial prosecutor Richard Michelson and the DA Seth Williams were both convicted for crimes they committed while prosecuting me for a crime, homicide robbery, least we forget, that, that they knew I did not commit. The court from Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution, Rockview. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. The quote, clean up the mess, corruption, was Pennsylvania Supreme Court Chief Judge Ron Castile's edict to Philadelphia's court system on November 14, 2010, after he read the Philadelphia Inquirer Daily News chilling expose on how three departments of the court, prosecution, judges, and defense attorneys, were systematically denying defendants on appeal their constitutional rights. Castile said that their behavior was, quote, intolerable. His logical conclusion was that while prosecutors walked all over the rights of people's appeals, judges did nothing to preserve the fairness of the process. Please note that Castile's focus was solely on judges because he was notoriously pro-prosecution. Castile rightly observed that the beliefs or the briefs being filed by defense attorneys were, quote, idiotic. Philadelphia courts did not heed Chief Justice Castile's edict then or now. I realize that many officers rebel against Castile's because he came across as extremely hypocritical, considering that he helped create the mess he had when he was DA of our city. To exacerbate the common knowledge of Castile's hypocrisy, last month or so, common police judge Leon Tucker ruled in favor of Mumia Abu-Jamal by finding that the DA and later on judge in Abu-Jamal's case, Castile, quote, created the appearance and bias of impropriety, end quote. That he forfeited, quote, judicial neutrality, end quote. In spite of Castile's obvious hypocrisy, all the court officers were duty-bound to follow the law. They did not heed the edict then and after outside law enforcement, FBI, Office of Homeland Security, IRS, U.S. Attorney, State Attorney, have swooped in and arrested, convicted, and imprisoned, or forced into resignation multiple officers of the Philadelphia courts that include, but are not limited to, the then-sitting District Attorney, R. Seth Williams, several ADAs, the Clerk of Courts, judges of the Court of Common Pleas, judges of the Municipal Court, judges of Family and Civil Court, and shuttering the entire traffic court after many judges were caught stealing multiple millions in cold cash in a scam with parking tickets. Now, with the current gargantuan joint FBI-IRS and U.S. Attorney pending prosecution of judges and lawyers and other officers in the court because of Congressman Bill Brady's corruption scandal where weekly guilty pleas are widening the dragnet, no Philadelphia police court officer is safe. Some these court's officers are directly involved with multiple cases of black and brown children 
who are actually innocent. To reiterate, none of this corruption removal from the first judicial district checks and balances, but rather all came from external federal and state prosecutorial agencies. Never once redressing the constitutional violations wrought against the thousands of people on appeal in the wake of all of these prosecutions and imprisonment for court officers, lest we forget for crimes ranging from prosecutors taking money to grant relief and circumventing redress sought by black and brown citizens on appeal, extortion, intimidation, to judges case fixing, lying to cover it up, selling their bench to the highest bidder, clerks altering state court documents, destroying and de deleting dockets and transcripts, etc. The federal judge that presided over D.A. Seth Williams' case fixing corruption case said that Williams, quote, sold his office. This is a frightening truth. Even more frightening is what are the ramifications for citizens who did not or could not afford to pay Williams like the businessmen Muhammad Ali and Mike Wise did. What are the legal relief implications? Do we, can we depend on Larry Krasner, our new DA, to tackle these issues free from the appearance of impropriety? More importantly, does the community have the power to make them? In essence, former DA Seth Williams convicted rip, conviction ripped open the orgy of crime from court officers from A to Z and non-stop lying in order to cover it up to avoid detection by law enforcement, creating an unconstitutional toxic environment and subsequently denying people waiting to be tried on appeal, like myself, access to the information and to a fair and fundamental appellate process free from constitutional mandate of the appearance of impropriety. Had it not been for Castile's edict, one would think my words were a work of fiction by the legal crime thriller author John Gershon. The current judges are still disobeying former Chief Judge Castile's edict, clean up the mess, and as such, my case does not have a basic opportunity for fair hearing nor the process that is free from the appearance of impropriety to be granted relief fairly based on the merits as the U.S. Constitution mandates under the 1st, 5th, 6th, 8th, 9th, and 14th Amendments. The corruption by prosecuting judges and police that include, but is not limited to, R. Seth Williams, Janice E. Brinkley, yes, the same Judge Brinkley involved in the Meek Mill travesty, Judge Catherine Streeter-Lewis, ADA Richard Michelson, Lori Moore, Joseph Whitehead, both Moore and Whitehead were fired by new DA Larry Krasner two weeks after he was inaugurated. Court clerk Jane and John Doe and the above combination officials have allowed the criminal misconduct of homicide detective Baker and detective John Doe, etc., to go unpunished and more importantly, unredressed by fair and fundamental appellate process. Detective Baker is and was one of the central lawbreakers in the Anthony Tone Wright exoneration case after 24 years for a rape murder the prosecutors knew North Philly Tone did not commit. After Wright was vindicated, he filed a suit and the city settled for nearly $10 million. This is the background and legal political landscape I currently face in court after running the gauntlet of having all of my constitutional rights bludgeoned to death. In the prosecution of a child under United States Supreme Court's well-established legal prison of the appearance of impropriety, Richard Michelson and subsequently D.A. Seth Williams' egregious criminality while prosecuting my specific case 
is magnified beyond shocking to civilized society. Michael's, Michaelson's conflict of interest, i.e. committing crimes while prosecuting my case, voids the subsequent conviction and the accused does not have to prove prejudice. See Commonwealth versus Breitner and Commonwealth versus Eskridge. Also see Section 3.3, Rules of Practicing Prosecuting Attorney. Rise up, fight for what's right, resist, organize, mobilize, rage against the machine. You can email me at innocent.criminal51 at gmail.com and you can snail mail me at smart communications, T-A-D-O-C, Muti Ajumu Saberu, AM6021. That's M-U-T-I-A-J-A-M-U hyphen capital O-S-A-G-B-O-R-O, Rockview State Prison, P.O. Box 33028, St. Petersburg, Florida, 33733. That was Mutia Jamu Borough recording from inside Pennsylvania State Correctional Institute at Rockview. If you missed Muti's address, we'll post it on our website so you can write to him if you want. For those just tuning in, Muti was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole as a teenager in the 90s. He's fighting for his own release within a corrupt justice system and recording his takes on that system for our show. To check out past recordings from Muti, check out our blog at prisonradioshow.wordpress.com. Up next, we're going to share some recordings from Les Filles Electric from 2011. The recordings are done with women who were incarcerated in Tangway Provincial Prison and Joliet Federal Prison. The songs and poems touch on themes related to prison, poverty, and homelessness. Lying in my bed, my bed at night, trying to get, get the answers right. I don't know why they won't let me go. That shows that they, they don't care at all. But I am trying, yes, to stay strong. Even though I know, no, I did wrong. Oh, if they showed me that they did care, I would not have so many nightmares. Right now I am in, I'm in, not out. One day I will run, I will run out. That day I will not just walk away. That day I will run like my Billy Goat. Je me casse le cul. Je voudrais t'expliquer comment ça a commencé. Ce qui m'a amené sur les tables à danser. Ma vie de rebelle a débuté à NDL. Comme si c'était pas assez, je me suis gelé comme une défoncée. La vie est devenue pas belle et j'ai eu des esthétiques. Des esthétiques. Des esthétiques. Des 
Et sans le savoir, je me suis retrouvé sur le trottoir. Saint-Laurent-Sainte-Catherine, je me suis prostituée. Et sans y penser, j'étais inhalé. J'ai été poursuivi pour vol qualifié. C'est là qu'ils m'ont enlevé mes deux bébés. Mes deux bébés, mes deux bébés. Je me suis retrouvé prisonnière. C'est pour ça que je m'en cadaille. Comme je suis toujours incarcéré, parce que j'ai rien voulu changer. J'ai perdu les pédales en me pétant une liberté légale. J'ai failli perdre mon âme, j'ai failli perdre mon jambe, j'ai failli perdre mon ventre. Je suis retourné en prison pour essayer de retrouver la raison. La vie est pas belle, j'ai eu des astuces des astuces des astuces J'ai perdu ma femme, j'ai perdu ma blonde, j'ai perdu ma bonne. J'ai pris conscience que l'argent était mon malheur. Aujourd'hui, je considère que c'est pas le bonheur. Et pour finir, je veux pas faire de débat, surtout pas sur ma fin mandat, sur ma fin mandat, fin mandat, fin mandat, fin mandat, fin mandat, fin mandat, fin mandat. J'ai fraudé, j'ai fraudé, pas pour me payer des souliers, des colliers d'effrivolité, mais pour m'évader de ma prison intérieure, en chasant du smack à longueur de journée. C'est pas ça la liberté, aujourd'hui je le sais. Parce que je suis embarré. Fraudé se fait poigner, le prix à payer pour la vraie liberté. Pour la vraie liberté. Pour la vraie liberté. Pour la vraie liberté. J'ai pas eu assez le courage d'arrêter Quand je pense au passé, j'aurais dû t'écouter Liberté avant argent, dur de l'imaginer Il fallait reculer pour le réaliser Le pouvoir que j'avais, l'argent sale que je faisais C'est la gloire que je voulais, en reculant devant rien Et le soir je me couchais, en pensant sans regret S'exhibait et volait pour la drogue que je vendais J'aurais dû la phrase qui me revient sans cesse Si j'avais su les dommages, je me dirais faut que ça cesse J'aurais dû la phrase qui me revient sans cesse J'ai vécu la belle vie, je rentrais VIP Regarde aujourd'hui dans quelle merde que je suis Me voilà pris ici, à penser toutes les nuits Il y a des jours que je me dis, pourquoi moi mais pas lui Me voilà en prison pour 
pour une première fois Car mon infraction m'a valu 40 mois C'était pas mon intention, mais j'y croyais pas J'ai eu une bonne leçon, quelques-uns me le diront J'aurais dû à la phrase qui me revient sans cesse Si j'avais su le dommage, je me dirais faut que ça cesse J'aurais dû à la phrase qui me revient sans cesse J'ai fini par la note, tout ça est terminé tu me demandes si je regrette, rien pourra le changer Je réalise ce que j'ai fait, dans le droit chemin que j'irai Et là je paye pour ma dette, et je veux plus en parler Et je veux plus en parler J'ai fini par la mettre, tout ça est terminé Tu me demandes si je regrette, rien pourra le changer Je réalise ce que j'ai fait, dans le droit chemin que j'irai et là je paye pour ma dette et je veux plus en parler et je veux plus en parler J'aurais dû à la phrase qui me revient sans cesse Si j'avais su les dommages, je me dirais faut que ça cesse J'aurais dû à la phrase qui me revient sans cesse Qui me revient sans cesse, qui me revient sans cesse Je suis toujours à 19 ans, je voulais reconstruire une vie pour me soutenir en sécurité avec le monde qui me Ça a tendu à me faire des lits. Et pour finir, quatre nègres dans la rue violemment. Je continue à faire l'autre délit. Oui, l'autre délit. Oui, l'autre délit. Tout le bagage ça fait. Je ne pas conduire. Je ne pas bon chemin. C'est là que je ramasse mon prison. Je suis entre quatre murs. Je suis toujours à penser sans cesse à toute erreur qui pas fait bonheur, c'est là, oui là, c'est vraiment là, que me réaliser mal, qui vous fait souffrir petit moi. C'est là que moi vraiment, mais vraiment, que sécurité moi-même, c'est une petite pamio, que moi fait avec vrai moi-même, non, à l'homme senti que moi survécu à ça. Parle-moi pas, touche-moi pas, regarde-moi pas, au cri pas, puis frappe pas. Et chante pas, et joue pas, ne ris pas, réponds pas, puis sors pas. 
ne voit pas, n'entend pas, ne goûte pas, ne ressent pas, ne vit pas. Stop repas, fais comme si, invente-toi. Flashback, flashback. Trop difficile. Trop noir, trop noir. Ne pleure pas, pendis pas, ne pleure pas, plains-toi pas, discute pas. Comprends pas, souviens pas, je voulais pas, je m'explique pas, commence pas. Parle pas, touche pas, pose le là, laisse le là, c'est à toi. T'as pas repas, fais comme si, invente-toi, flashback. Flashback. Trop difficile. Trop noir. Trop noir. Ne rêve pas. Ne sors pas. Ne vole pas. Ne rage pas. Ne vis pas. Ne lâche pas. N'arrête pas. M'ordonne pas. Ne rate pas. Ne meurs pas. Ne lâche pas. N'arrête pas. M'ordonne pas. Ne traque pas. Ne meurs pas. T'as pas de repère, fais comme si, invente-toi, invente-toi, invente-toi. Je voudrais être un papillon et m'envoler loin de ces One night, I drank and then I drank and then woke up in jail. Woke up in jail. I didn't know why. I didn't know why. They told me I. They told me I had killed my love. I had killed my love. The man I love. The man I love. How can this be? How can this be? And for my hearing. And for my hearing. I had bad they lawyers. They did not help me. They did not help and me. And cited for the cops. And cited for the cops. So I have been here. So I have been for here. For almost three years. For almost three and years. And not yet sentenced. And not yet sentenced. How long? How long? How long? Je voudrais être. Je voudrais être. Un papillon. Et m'envoler loin de ces loin de ces murs. Rêver, 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 rêver. Rien qu'un instant, rien qu'un instant. Que je suis ailleurs, que je suis ailleurs. Quand cette prison, quand cette prison. The time is currently 5.43 p.m. and you are listening to the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM, 91.7 on cable and www.ckut.ca. We are in the middle of listening to a bunch of recordings that were done with women who were incarcerated in Tongue Provincial Prison and Joliet Federal Prison. The songs and poems on the album which we are playing touch on themes related to prison, poverty and homelessness. Underground, underground, renaissance, décadence, 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 décadence
I am very proud of who I am. I am proud to be a young Mohawk woman living in a white man's world. I am proud to know my language, sing my songs, know my history and culture. And no one can take that away from me. No one can take it away from me. Je t'aimerai toujours La nuit comme le jour Et tant que je vivrai Tu seras mon petit bébé Je t'aimerai toujours Salut 
Je regarde ta photo, je sais pas par où commencer, ma tête veut exploser. Je voudrais trouver les mots justes, tu sais ceux qui viennent du cœur, pour te faire savoir de ne pas faire mes erreurs. Les soupirs, les délires, je veux pas que ce soit ton avenir. Je suis consciente de mes erreurs, j'aspire à être meilleure. Je te regarde avec tant de fierté, et ça depuis que tu es né. Je t'ai donné la vie, et toi tu m'as sauvé. Si parfois t'as le mal de vivre, sache que malgré mes écarts, je serai toujours là pour toi, car mon amour jamais ne s'éteindra. J'écris avec la joie, je t'écris avec mon souffle, je t'écris avec mon cœur. T'es mon courage dans les temps durs, t'es mon emblème pour le futur. Tout est possible quand on y croit, le secret pour réussir est de croire en toi. Pour toi, je donnerai ma vie, t'es tellement beau, t'es celui que j'ai choisi. Je te dis de foncer puis de pas déconner parce que la vie est si vite passée. Je te demande pardon pour mes maladresses. Je ne te blâme pas de m'en vouloir parfois. Quand je te vois, la fierté m'habite. Je t'encourage à continuer sur le chemin de la réussite. Dans ma cellule, je regarde ta photo. Puis tout ce que je veux, mon petit loup, c'est que pour tes rêves, tu y ailles jusqu'au bout. Quand j'ai commencé,
That was a piece from Wadada Leo Smith. And just before that was a series of songs and spoken word pieces from women incarcerated in Tongay and Joliet. The pieces were all recorded in 2011 by Les Fils Electriques. Okay, check out past episodes of the Prison Radio Show at prisonradioshow.wordpress.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Prison Radio Show. The Prison Radio Show airs twice a month on CKUT. We're on the air the second Thursday of the month at 5 p.m. and the fourth Friday at 11 a.m. The next Prison Radio Show will air on Friday. No, I can say we got the wrong date. Okay, sorry, we got the wrong date here. It's next Friday, Friday, last Friday of the month. If you have any questions about anything that you have heard on today's show, or if you wish to be involved with the show, feel free to contact us at prison at ckut.ca. Formerly incarcerated people are encouraged to participate. Folks can also leave a message on our listener comment line at 514-448-4041, extension 2547. If you are in prison, we encourage you to participate in the show in any way possible. Feel free to write us at the Prison Radio Show, or simply PRS, care of CKUT, 3647 University Street, Montreal, Quebec, H3A 2B3. Thank you for tuning in to the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. My name is Gene. My name is Noah. And we've been your host for today. Please stay tuned. There, there, there is there is this thing do you realize what is what is what is what there is this thing do you realize consciousness is affected there, there is this there is this thing on there is this thing going on do you realize our consciousness is affected there is this thing going on what is called the news brought to you live, live, live.